the bleach was killing it. But Blonde was popular with the customers. There were two other bedrooms and three other girls in the flat, but they wouldn't try to talk to her. It was too dangerous to talk. It was too dangerous to be suspected of planning to escape. Drina had heard, the men had told her, the last girl who tried to escape hadn't made it out of the tower block alive. She'd left it in a suitcase that was carried to the boot of a car and driven to a riverbank near an industrial estate. They hadn't found her body for weeks, the men said, laughing. Months. Her face was gone, eaten away by decomposition and the river rats. Her fingerprints had disappeared along with her flesh. She'd never been arrested, so there was no DNA to match to her remains. No one had reported her to Interpol as a missing person. No one had ever traced her journey back to Murchison House. No one had ever even found out her name. What was it? Drina had asked, because she was young and stupid, and she still asked questions then. Her name? They hadn't remembered either. She was gone, the girl, as if she'd never lived. Someone, somewhere, mourned her. Maybe. If they knew she was dead. All Drina had to do, sitting there, was turn her head to see the streets of London, until they disappeared in grey haze on the horizon. She looked sometimes. Sometimes she didn't. Sometimes she just sat and smoked. Today was a smoking day, except that it hurt her mouth. Then again, everything hurt her mouth. Drinking from the small bottle of stale water by her side. Eating, if they gave her anything to eat. A day when she wasn't working was a day when she was costing the money. And they weren't generous people. She could work with cracked ribs and bruised limbs and internal abrasions. She had, frequently. She couldn't work with bruises on her face, though. They'd been angry with her, as if it had been her fault, as if she could have stopped it. She had to hand it to the men who'd put her in the room. They couldn't have found a better place to hide her. No one could see her, so high above the ground. The flat faced north, The other towers were to the east and west of it, out of her line of sight. The neighbours to the left and the right were invisible, even from the flat's tiny balcony. It was designed for privacy, or the illusion of it. There was no one above them. The men joked that they were in the penthouse. Nothing but the best for Sajmir's girls, one of them said, and took the girl standing next to Drina into one of the other rooms, where she'd screamed until, abruptly, she stopped. The flat below seemed to be unoccupied. Sometimes Drina lay with her cheek pressed against the dusty carpet and tried to hear sounds, but there was nothing. She was surrounded by people and alone. But she never felt quite as alone as when she was face to face with the men who paid for her body. Mary Hearn was on the tenth floor of Murchison House, not quite below Drina's flat, and she was also sitting by the window, though Mary had a chair. It was a smaller place, ideal for a woman on her own, the man from the council had said. Her old house wasn't suitable, with all the stairs. Much better for her to move into a newly renovated flat in Murchison House, where there was a lift to take her up and down, and she didn't have to worry about the roof leaking or the garden. Mary had liked the garden in her old house, She'd taken care of it, even though it was small. 
She had hung up bird feeders and pulled out weeds and got on her knees to clip the small patch of lawn with the old shears that had been George's. The garden caught the sun in the morning, and she'd often gone to stand outside and lift her face up, her eyes closed so the light could warm her. It felt like a blessing. It felt like a message from George, who had died thirteen years earlier after a short fight with the cancer that had ravaged him. He died quietly while Mary sat by his bed. He'd said her name and turned his head and died. Upstairs, in the room where she slept. It still smelled of him, not in a bad way, but of brill cream and shield, the soft green soap he'd preferred, and the warm smell that was him. His clothes hung in the wardrobe. He was still there, even though his body was gone. He was all around her.